Open our eyes, dear Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, where we see about the kings of Judah, Manasseh and Ammon. Verse 1 says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. So therefore it follows that he must have born 3 years after Ezekiah's recovery from his sickness. So here's the answer as to why Ezekiah actually prayed to the Lord to give him more years. He wanted an heir. In the previous chapters we saw how King Ezekiah was a godly king and who was exalted even among the surrounding nations because of his wholehearted devotion to the Lord. He is the only king after David who was noted for his organization of the musical service in the temple. He has got another similarity with King David and that is his poetical talent. We see his poetical talent in Isaiah 38 verses 10 to 20 which he wrote after his illness and recovery. He is also credited with compiling all the ancient Hebrew writings and he ordered the Levites of his time to make copies of the Proverbs of Solomon as we see in Proverbs 25 verse 1. With such great accomplishments, Ezekiah still felt he was incomplete and he wanted a son to be there for him after his time. God in his wisdom had restrained it from Ezekiah however since Ezekiah requested the lord the lord granted his wish of extended years during which Manasseh was born however unlike his father king Manasseh was one of the most evil kings of Judah if only king Ezekiah had known how his son king Manasseh would be he would not have wanted his son at all such was the extent to which king Manasseh went However, what we learn from this is that if God is withholding something from us, it is for our own good. We need to accept that fact. One of the best kings of Judah, King Ezekiah, who tried to please God with all his heart, was the father of this very evil king Manasseh, of whom verses 2 to 9 gives a very abominable certificate. He did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. We already saw why the Lord drove out the other nations. It was because of their abominable practices of child sacrifice and so on. Manasseh overtook those pagan nations in following their footsteps. He rebuilt the high places which Ezekiah his father had broken down. He raised up altars for Baals and made wooden images. He worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. This is why it is essential for parents to communicate the godly aspects of their lives to their children and make sure that their children make their own personal choice of God as their savior and do not just depend upon their parents faith alone here we see manasseh turning all the good that his father ezekiah had done into something very evil Look at how it says he worshiped the host of heaven that is he worshiped the sun moon and the stars instead of worshiping the creator who created them he corrupted the true worship of the living god in the temple and made the temple a place of idol worship 
with all the wooden images of other idols and also brought in new forms of idolatry to Judah that is the astrological worship that was gaining significance during the Babylonian empire which was rising as the next superpower of the world God had warned about it in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 19 Take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven and you see the sun the moon and the stars and all the host of heaven you feel driven to worship them and serve them Even Ahab the evil king of Israel had not gone so far as to worship the host of heaven This was an Assyrian form of worship and the Babylonians adopted it and from them Manasseh adopted it for himself as well. So do you see how the pagan influence is happening? The Bible teaches us that God created the stars as signs and seasons in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. science as in the sense of navigation because all throughout history we see that men have used stars to chart the courses around the globe the bible also talks about constellations three of these are mentioned in job and amos the orient in job 99 the bear or the ursa major in job 26:13 and the pleiades in amos chapter 5 verse 8 The appearance of Pleiades indicated the sweet approach of spring and the appearance of Pleiades indicated the appearance of winter solstice. Notice that Amos was a herdsman and Job was an Arabian emir or an aristocrat and they were both used to the naked sky of the desert and therefore they make these special references to these astronomical facts. So God made these stars as signs and for seasons. So these constellations announce the various seasons. God used the stars as an illustration of his promise that he gave to Abraham as innumerable seed. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 5 he said, "Look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, so shall your offspring be." In the end times we are told that many astronomical events will happen relating to the sun the moon and the stars as we see in Isaiah chapter 13 verses 9 to 10 Joel chapter 3 verse 15 and Matthew chapter 24 verse 29 where Jesus himself referenced to it but in the modern times this astronomical worship has been replaced by something called astrology where the 12 signs referenced by 12 stars is supposed to impact your destiny this is a very false thing so can christians follow astrology the bible clearly specifies in isaiah chapter 47 verse 13 and 14 that those who follow astrology gazing into the stars into the moon and predicting the future etc will be burnt like the stubble astrology is a form of fortune telling it is specifically forbidden in scripture in deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 10 to 14 and god specifically forbid the children of israel to worship or serve the host of heaven as we saw in deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 19 so let's not get tangled up with all these zodiac signs because those are clearly not of the lord
Coming back we see he also built altars in the house of the Lord and he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord that is the court of the priests as well as the court of the people so he was responsible for making the people as well as the priests fall into apostasy so they were following not the true living god but the host of heaven the zodiac and the horoscopes the sad part is even today some christians follow such abominations verse 6 says he also caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of hinnom he practiced soothsaying used witchcraft and sorcery and consulted medium and spiritists he did much evil in the sight of the lord to provoke him to anger look at the list running on and on and on passing through the fire is sacrificing little babies to the god molech of the ammonites we already saw how they used to place those babies in the heated up arms of molech and the dying cries of the baby was suppressed by beating of the drums and singing loudly this practice too is followed up into these modern times just like how astrology has been converted into zodiac and the horoscope these baby sacrifices have been converted into abortion just the names have been changed but then they all go back way back into the very same sin satan has just packaged it with a better candy wrapper now ezekiah observed times sadly these sins are prevalent in our society today as well like palm reading hypnotism tarot cards and many other things which are directly associated with spiritists and mediums witchcraft and sorcery all these things are an abomination in the eyes of the lord verse 7 says he even set a carved image the idol which he made in the house of god second kings chapter 21 verse 7 says this was an image of asherah the canaanite goddess of fertility and we also saw how this goddess was worshiped with prostitution with male and female prostitutes so you could imagine what happened instead of doing it on the i altars outside the temple king manasse brought it right into the temple of the lord so the temple of the lord was made into a brothel dedicated to this goddess asera even today many such things happen even inside the churches we hear of many people of god many prominent men and women of god falling into this sexual sins This is a warning to all of us today. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3, "But among you, as is proper among the saints, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of character." see to what high standards we the believers are called to in galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21 he says the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and sorcery hatred discord jealousy and rage rivalries divisions factions 
and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Coming back in verse 9 we read, So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Manasseh was so evil that he caused the people of Judah and Jerusalem to sin with them. Verses 10 to 17 we see Manasseh being captured and taken as a prisoner and his repentance. Look at verse 10. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. There were many prophets sent by the Lord God because of his hesed love, and still they did not listen to him. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the judgmental rod through the Assyrians, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. This was the way of the Assyrians. They'll make their prisoners naked, flog them and put fish hooks in their noses and drag them with chains. Such a humiliation. But for Manasseh, look, they made bronze fetters. It was implying the bronze images of the two calves which King Ahab had made. But in verse 12 it says, Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. Manasseh, this evil king, was very wicked and idolatrous. He was a murderer of his own children, a desecrator of the Lord's temple. He was the author of shedding much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another, as we read in 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 16. And yet, despite all of this, God graciously forgave him. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul calls himself as the chief of sinners. Paul is speaking of his past life when he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and one who injured the people of God. Paul was an enemy of Jesus Christ, seeking to destroy the church and destroy the faith of those who believed in Jesus. Paul had a reputation of persecuting the church. He saw himself as the chief of sinners. In saving Paul, Jesus showed how long-suffering he is to the sinner. So Paul by this verse is saying, If Jesus can save me, he can save anyone. This very same thing was being conveyed by Ezra the chronicler of how the Lord God was gracious enough to forgive even King Manasseh, the most evil and wicked king who angered the Lord to no end. But when he humbled himself and implored the Lord his God, God forgave him. So we see humility always goes hand in hand with repentance and brings about the hope of restoration. When Manasseh was in the dungeons, he suddenly remembered the God of his father and came running back to him, just like the prodigal son. However, today we are living in the age of grace in the New Testament. The Lord doesn't afflict anybody like he did Manasseh for being evil and wicked. Why is it so? Lord Jesus Christ explains it in the parable of weeds, which we read about in Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 to 30. 
the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field but while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away but when the weeds sprouted then the weeds appeared also and the servants of the master of the house came and said to him master did you not sow good seed in your field how then does it have weeds an enemy has done this he said the servants asked him do you want us to go and pull them up he said no because while you are pulling out the weeds you may uproot the wheat along with them let both grow together until the harvest at that time i will tell the harvesters gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burnt but gather the wheat into my barn jesus explains the parable of weeds in verses 36 to 43 the one who sows the good seed is the son of man jesus christ the field is the world the good seed is the sons of the kingdom the weeds are the sons of the evil one that is satan and the enemy who sowed them is the devil the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all who cause sin and all who do evil and throw them into the fiery furnace in that place there will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth that is hell then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father he who has ears let him hear so this is why the lord has allowed people this time of grace but the lord jesus sadly remarks though seeing they do not see though hearing they do not hear or understand this is a fulfillment of the prophecy of isaiah you will be ever hearing but never understanding you will be ever seeing but never perceiving in these modern times the gospel has been proclaimed like never before on earth on every channel on every medium across social media on the internet and so on we see the gospel being put out but many though seeing they do not see many though hearing they do not hear or understand because the people's hearts have grown dull with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn towards him and i would heal them god's plan always has been to heal but then man's sin has made him unable to see unable to hear and unable to feel in his heart king manase repented of his sins and in verse 15 and 16 we see he took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the lord and all the altars that he had built he cast them out of the city he also repaired the altar of the lord sacrificed peace offerings and thanks offerings on it and commanded juda to serve the lord god of israel so finally here was a king who understood the significance probably that's the reason god forgave him in the first place so finally king manase died and in his place his son amon reigned juda but look at his reign he in verse 22 we are told he did evil in the sight of the lord as his father manase had done for amon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father manase had made and served them and he did not humble himself before the lord as his father manase had humbled himself but amon trespassed more and more 
if we felt that king manasse's trespasses were going on and on amon's surpassed it all amon had a tragic end where his own servants killed him in his own house bible says the wages of sin is death nobody can escape sin's wages but god has given us a way to escape out of it all we need to do is surrender and turn back to him and he would heal us of this disease of sin and he would make us his child once again and after that came the most expected king of juda who was prophesied 300 years earlier king josiah may god bless these words amen